Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 189, Many Words for One Story. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Helena as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for coming on. The pleasure is all mine. And this is a topic I always enjoy speaking about or talking about or sharing about all the above. And it's something that is helpful for the mind, the soul, the eyes, the kneecaps the whole body. Today we're going to be talking about reading books. But before we go into the book, we dive into this book or the books, uh, I'm sure the listeners would love to know who is Helena. Well, I think I would like to know who Helena is too. But (laughs) besides that, I am 49 going on 50 this year. I'm a woman. I'm a Swede, born and bred, uh, living in Sweden, in the south of Sweden. I run my own company. I do something that's called Tankisbjörn, where I I provide input questions, uh, mind-boggling things, you can say, and also am an avid book reader. Ooh, I love all those combinations. And congratulations, 50. You know what that is? That is 50 rotations around the sun. You're a good traveler. (laughs) <laughs> I am a good traveler. And I'm sure you have a lot of souvenirs. Well, I do. Yeah, I do. And it's, it's, I'm actually thinking about um, how to celebrate uh, turning 50. I'm not much for big parties as, as such. So I'm thinking that maybe I will try to do something celebratory every month for this year. That's so that awesome. It's yeah. Truly, yeah. A year to remember. I just turned 30 a couple of days ago and I just spent it with my family. Nothing, nothing too exciting. I'm already, I already look like I'm 45, so it's okay. My, my age <laughs> is catching up to my body, which is perfect. <laughs> well, happy belated birthday. And happy pre-birthday to you. There you go. Sharing the birthday love. But today is not about our bodies getting wiser. It's about your mind getting wiser by reading books. Mm -hmm. So before Mm -hmm. we jump into the books itself, do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Well, the best way to find me is to go to tankespjarn.com. T-A-N-K-E-S-P-J-A-R-N.com. There you can find me and through there you can find me. I am on on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, but my website is the main place to find me. Perfect. What I'll do is I'll put that down below in the description so people can go check that out and of course show you some love. And now I I kept on talking about jumping into this book or these books. We might as well just talk about books. So how did you actually get introduced to reading? I know school was a thing, but when was like that moment that made you feel like, wow, I love books? I actually think, at least if my mom is any any sort of valid reference, and I think she is, what she says is that once I started to learn how to read, and I did start to learn how to read in first grade, I just never put the books down. So I I have a sense in me that. I have I have always read and and I remember reading as a child so I think she's she's you know she's correct so it's not as if I know how to read but I haven't read books it's like once I started to read I've kept a book in my hand more or less Okay so I have to ask you do you have a book in your hand right now 
<laughs> I do have a book in my nice. head right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so back to when you were younger and reading. It might be harder to remember this, but what was the first book that not that you read, but more that book that says, wow, this is like a nostalgic book. I remember this book. It means so much to me. I have a couple of those. Um, Michael Ender's Mumu is, is one of those books that I remember reading. Maybe I was eight, nine, ten, or something. I remember reading Goodnight, Mr. Tom by Michelle McGorian, which is also one of those books that I remember the feeling of the book more than I perhaps remember the, the contents itself. But I think that is what I love about books and what I have loved about books all my life is that they actually help me travel. Mm -hmm. It is a way for me to dive into being something other than what I am, which is a woman born in Sweden and, and you know, 1972, I can become a, a boy, I can become a grown woman, I can become a, a, a Martian, I can become an Egyptian princess or a slave or, you know, something prehistoric. So, or turn into a fantasy land in a fantasy world that doesn't even exist. So it's it's a way to to time travel and, and travel outside of the experiences that I am bound to, thanks to my physical body being born when and where I am born. That is a very interesting point you brought up, as in, if I understood correctly, you put yourself in the book. So with that being said, do you make yourself in your mind the protagonist while you read these books? Very often. I would say, I think I identify very often and books where I don't feel like I can identify for some reason or other are just books that I don't engage in as much as I want to engage in books. And with that being said as well, is there one character from all the books you read that you have just built a strong bond with because they either share similar thoughts or just characteristics as you? I'm not sure I can answer that one, actually, because, you know, I read a lot of books. So so there's that, too. But I do go into books and, and step into characters. OK, so let me rephrase the question instead. So is there a book that just means so much to you, whether it's a trilogy or a multiple series or just one book that you just love and maybe even reread a couple times? Well, there are several of those <laughs> books. One of them is um, uh, a series of books by Leanne Hearn, which is an, uh, a pseudonym. But she has written a book about the tales of the Otori, which is kind of a fantasy Japan. Um, it isn't Japan, but it's kind of Japan-ish. And it's a series of three books, and then there's a couple of more. There's a prequel and a sequel kind of uh, to them. And they are just lovely. They are so well written. They are written in English, and the English is gorgeous. I've read them also in Swedish, and the translation are absolutely stellar as well. 
And they just, they they have everything that I love. They have the fantasy aspect. They have the little bit of magic aspect. They have, well, nature. There's a sense of nature and, and nature plays a part of it. And there's love and there's, you know, friendship and there's enemies. And you know, it's just, it's a wonderful set of books, The Tales of the Atori. And I reread them. I think I reread them for the, or rather, I read them for the third time a year ago. Um, so I'd already reread them once before. And I think the first time I read them was probably not more than 10 years ago. And I'm sure you just dive right into them as well. And I don't know if this is a thing you've ever experienced, but let's say you're reading a book and the things are going along. Do you ever read to the ending and say, well, I wish it ended another way? Yes and no. I don't actually think I ever, well, maybe a few times, but I think I have more of the sense of, I wish this book didn't end. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so it's more the sense of, I want more, give me more, 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 rather than it cannot end this way, even though, of course, that happens now and again, but it's usually then a series and then there's another one coming and, you know, it's not necessarily happy endings. I think it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a way to explore and expand my way of being in acceptance, really. It is what it is. And maybe I would want something else, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, maybe because there's passionate people like you supporting these artists, they might even create more of that storyline. I have a few friends who are uh, writers as well. And the more feedback they get, the more encouraged they are to continue and create more stories. So you are helping the writers, right? <laughs> supporting them. Yep. And speaking about the writers itself, there's different genres and styles of writing and books. So for you, what is your preferred genre of book to read? So I am, first of all, I am an avid reader. Last year, I read 108 books. So it is a, a and I don't read just one genre. I read many genres. I have stopped reading crime novels and thrillers and, and that stuff. Um, because I just don't want to feed myself with more violence than I, I have to kind of. But I really, really enjoy fantasy. I'm quite fond of young, young adult. And if you do a young adult fantasy, I'm hooked. But I also read a lot of biographies. I love that. And I do read um, what might be, you know, nonfiction books might be more along the lines of self-help, psychology, philosophy, um, that type of, of things. So, so it's, it's quite a wide span, um, I would say, that I, that I read. I do love, I love historical fiction also, but, you know, it's like, there, there's so many lovely books around. <laughs> um, it, it's like a buffet. You just pick whatever you want and there's going to be a combination of that genre somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Now, this is more, I wouldn't say it's a controversial question, but it's a question that pops up every now and then. Do you prefer to read books in a physical book or do you 
also enjoy, let's say, a digital version? Oh, I am a total give me a physical book any day of the week kind of gal. I seldom pick up uh, a Kindle or an ebook or anything, but now and again, I kind of have to. And I have come to understand that when I travel, it's actually quite handy to have them in a digital form. If we had been speaking a year, a year and a half ago, I'd say I hated audiobooks and that I'd only ever <laughs> read or listened to one. But the last year, I've actually started to enjoy audiobooks too, but maybe at a ratio of, of well, I'm not even sure it's nine to one. Maybe it's 18 to, you know, 19 to one. So I do I do read physical books. That's my preference. And the preference is one that is actually linked to the kinetics of it. I remember a lot of what I read and I'm helped to remember if I know, you know, it's on the right hand upper corner in a book or it's halfway through or it's towards the end. So the kinetic sense of where I am in a book is one that I only get from physical books. I can't get that from from holding a Kindle or or listening to an audiobook for that matter. And and I like that. I like because I come into relationship with the books that I read or engage with and and having physicality be a part of the relationships helps me remember them. And okay, I have a proposal for you. You could either say this is a great idea or you could say, Alex, this is ridiculous. I still just love my physical books. Would you be interested? I'm not saying I can invent this, but would you be interested to have the ability to listen to books 24 hours or not listen, but enjoy a story of a book for 24 hours in a day? I'm making a pitch right now (laughs) because I have a solution. If you say maybe, I'll take a maybe. So you still have your hardcover. You can just read the book when you're sitting down. And then when you're traveling, it will somehow transfer that information so you can have it in your Kindle. And when you're taking a shower, you can't take a Kindle in the shower. You can't take a book in a shower. It plays the audio. So it always leaves off where you just left off and you just pick up where you went on. That is actually (laughs) something that is is somewhat alluring to me Um, because I, that's the, that's really the part that I dislike about an audiobook because it's like, oh man, I wish I could have this in writing so I could underline it. And, you know, um, I do a lot of marginalia in my physical books and, and I prefer to have it in my physical books. And it would be lovely if that could somehow magically transfer into an, a digital copy because then I could also have my marginalia easily and I could capture it. So something that would span across those, like being a transform, you know, it's like a transformer book. I would go for that. Definitely. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have a better, even better solution. If you still like the hard copies, a waterproof book. (laughs) There you go. That way you can bring in a shower and just, you know, you apparently your water bill will go up. <laughs> it will. It will. Uh, definitely. And for you, when you read these books, do you prefer that the author puts a lot of details into the characters? Or do you like when it's just a little bit of details enough, but you like to fill in some gaps with your own imagination? I think I always fill in gaps with my imagination because I 
think that's the beauty of books as compared to a movie or TV or a theater where the visual aspect of it is in my mind. So regardless of how well fleshed out a character is in words, there's always my imagination making something of it. But I I think what I prefer in a character is that they somehow be fleshed out enough so that I can feel that they're a person. You know, sometimes they're they're like, they're so lean. The author is so, uh, it's like, it, it just turns out skeletons uh, of characters that just doesn't seem to be plausible. So give me, give me a person that is, fleshed out enough so that I can sense into it. So it's not a caricature. I don't I don't like that. You just need enough to get hooked on to understand who the character is, but also leave that space for your imagination. They don't have to describe every strand of hair. <laughs> no, no, they don't. <laughs> and on the same topic of imagination, do you add voices to these characters? So if they're describing a character like, okay, added this imagination of this is how the character looks like, do you also implement a voice they may have? Probably there is some type of voice to them, even though it's not, I'm not sure that I could pinpoint it or or sound it out, but there probably is some type of voice in my head as I'm reading. No, I feel like I just messed up and now you're going to be self-conscious and realize while you're reading a book, now, is this, does this person actually have a voice? Damn it, Alex, why? Now I can't even focus on the story. Now I'm just focusing on this one character's voice and I have to reread this line over and over again and try to find the perfect voice for them. So let's, uh, I'm sorry to that and we'll move on, move on to something else. So speaking about the books themselves, what are you currently reading? I'm currently reading about 10 books. I'm a parallel reader. Um, I have a couple of books up on my on my nightstand, and I have a couple of books sort of well strewn here and there in my in my place. And I have a couple of audiobooks also. But the one book that I am currently reading that I have been currently reading for a year is Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes, which is a book that I read the first time in 2020. And it took me about six, seven months to read it because it's a very, very dense book. But I then started to read it again at the beginning of last year of 2021, doing a book circle with a friend of mine. And we do a book circle meetup, mostly over Zoom, on every chapter. So we are now about to start to read chapter 14. And we're about, maybe it's a fifth of the book remains. And this is a book that is not, it's not, it's a nonfiction book. Um, it's, It's myths and stories of the wild woman archetype. And there's just so much interesting stuff in this book. So this is when I read it the first time, it immediately bumped up to my, if I'm ever trapped on a desert island and I won't ever get away from there, if I only can bring one book, this is the book. Because this one I can reread and I will reread it over and over again. Now, you mentioned that you do a book circle with your friend. Does it ever happen when you guys are discussing a chapter that they mentioned something and you're like, what? 
that was there. And it made you reread that chapter to just see from her perspective or their perspective. It is actually a he that I'm doing this with, which aids in the in the fun of it, reading it with with someone who's not a, not a wild woman uh, per se. But definitely, it is a book where there is so much to see and perceive that I just me rereading this now on my second term or turn, I'm discovering things that I didn't see at all the first time. So yes, in in conversing with with him about this, he picks up on other things than what I pick up on now and again. And then sometimes we pick on exactly the same thing. Don't you just love that when somebody mentions something like, oh, did you see this? And you say, what? There is that? And yeah, it forces you to go back. You're like, oh, this is magical. It changes my opinion about what I thought about this. It's just a new experience about the book. It is one of the things that I love about books is just that. The fact that it's a testament to where I am at the moment that I'm reading it. What the mood I'm in, the experiences I've had. Will I be able to relate to it or won't I? I'm not sure I could have read this book 20 years ago. So with that being said, maybe 20 years from now, another book that you're not interested in in right now might be something you might be interested in in 20 years. Definitely. Because I think that's what happens. They, they, you know, books grow with me. I reread a book uh, a couple of years ago that I had been dubbing the best book that I've ever read. It's um, called A Fine Balance by Rohinton Mystery. I read it. It's a thick book and I love thick books. I read it in 94, perhaps, something like that. I was at I was in Thailand at my brother's place because he lived there then. And he gave it to me and I plunked down on bed and I didn't move for 22 hours. I just read this book and, until I'd finished it. And it's it's an amazing book. And then I reread it and it's like, it's still an amazing book, but it's not as amazing as I thought it was when I read it the first time around, uh, which, you know, there's a little bit of trepidation. Should I reread this book? What if? But I rather think that it is interesting because it makes me see that, I have grown, I have changed from the from the young woman I was when I read this, you know, what, almost 30 years ago. It has shifted. I have shifted. My understanding has shifted. I know more of the world, etc. So I don't deem it as a as a failure, but I no longer think this is the best book that I've ever read. I'm I'm more, you know, happy that I can see that I've grown. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of the human experience. And there's absolutely nothing wrong about that. And speaking about experience, uh, it's an experience to figure out which books you want to choose to read because there's a plethora of books out there. There are so many and you'd like to imagine you can read them all, but physically, I don't think it'd be any possible, possible for any human to do it. So with that being said, what is your thought process when it comes to choosing a new book? First of all, I have a Goodreads account and I log the books that I read, but also the books that I am currently reading and also uh, the books that I want to read. So when I buy books, which I usually do from Better World Books, I check 
in my Goodreads want to read list and see what's there. I have right here on the table next to me, I have, I don't know, it's 30 or 35 books from, from Better World Books that I've bought in the last year. And there's something that speaks to me when it is time to pick up a new book. I'm usually drawn to covers. And I remember even as a, as a teen, I would not read certain books because the cover was so bad or ugly or just did not speak to me at all. So I can be sensitive to the covers of a book. But I also usually have, like I say, I have 10 books going at, at any one time, more or less. So I always have a choice of, is it a really heavy nonfiction book? Do I have some lighter nonfiction books? And do I have, maybe I have a fantasy book, maybe I have a novel, maybe I have a biography going. So I can kind of pick and choose based on the way I feel in the moment. What am I drawn to read? And do you prefer buying the books or renting them from the library? I do both. My my preference is I do marginalia. So my copy of Women Who Run With The Wolves I definitely want my own copy because I have like dog-eared probably almost half of all of the pages and there's marginalia on more like 80-90% of each page. That wouldn't work in a in a library book, right? But fantasy or a lot of the fiction that I read, I do. Um I I borrow them from the library because I don't I don't see the need for me to have them as such, but but so it's mostly nonfiction that I have. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I can just imagine you rent a book from the library, you start reading it, and then you said, wow, this is a really good book. I want to keep it. So you return it to the library and then you go buy one version for yourself. It happens, but not so often. What more often happens is that if I find one of those it it has happened a few times, but more likely I will keep a little slip of paper and I will jot down page numbers where there is stuff that I would have marginalia if I had it as my copy. And then I take a picture of that. So I kind of keep the good stuff from books. Um, even if it's a library book. And this is all about organization. So with your collection, how do you organize your books? Do you go by author? Do you go by genre? How do you do that in your house? Because I'm sure you have a lovely connect uh, connection, a lovely collection, and you don't just put it in a box and throw it in the basement. No, I don't throw them in a, in a box. I used to have them done alphabetically. That was my preferred uh, style. Nowadays, since, I don't know, five years back, I do them by color and by height because my foremost bookcase has a couple of shelves where only, you know, pocketbooks would fit, not big hardcover books. So I do them by color and I do them by height. But color is always the 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 deciding factor for where I will place them. Okay, so I have to ask, if a book has two different colors and they're equally the same amount of that different color, where would you place it? So for example, if the top half was blue and the bottom half was red, 
Would it go into the blue section or the red section? <laughs> it would probably go in the in-between section because somewhere there's a line for where it will shift. So I do them. It's not like it, the individual color. It is like, how will this shelf look? And I kind of get them uh, in a good place. And maybe there are other books that have the same type of combination or where it just fits perfectly as the in-between red and blue uh, step. I feel like that's a hobby in itself, the organization aspect of books, which is really, it feels relaxing and fun. Yeah. And then you could always change up your style. Like, all right, today, you know what? We're going to do opposite colors or we're going to stack them uh, alphabetically. And it's, you can always change it no matter what you want to do. Now, you mentioned, you talked about this a little bit before, but do you read books serially or parallel? And if so, was this something that you've always done or is it something more recent that you started doing? I read books in parallel. You know, I'm a, I'm a multiple books at a time kind of gal. Um, and I do read it that way. And I think I have mostly done it that way for the better part of my life. Perhaps there's been moments where it was just one book at a time, but not enough so that I can actually remember it. Well, you know what? You're multitasking. You're taking all this information. And you know what? You're not crossing the information. It's like, Jack, Jack, was Jack from book three or Jack from book five? Did, did, actually, does it ever occur that there are two characters within those 10 books you are reading have the same name and you do you get confused? No, that has never happened, I think. And and actually, part of the thrill of reading books in in, in sort of in parallel especially when it's different genres, is that they cross-pollinate. In my mind, I am connecting dots, not necessarily sort of within a, a story as such, but I'm, I'm, it's cross-pollinating, creating new thoughts, new ideas, where I get to, you know, take something from this fantasy world that doesn't exist and it's magic when I'm also reading Women Who Run With The Wolves, when I'm also reading a biography of somebody who lived 200 years ago. So I'm, I'm connecting dots and it's making my ability to kind of to link things is enriched by me reading as much as I do and reading in parallel like I do. It almost sounds as if they're, you're trying to make them part of the same universe. They may never interact with each other, but they're somewhat connected. Yeah. And, and they, they are because they are turning into parts of the same universe, which is the universe that is me. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> That's really cool. That, I feel like that has to be a book in itself. Like, <laughs> actually, perfect question. I know it could be a misconception or a cliche thing to say, but for people who are avid readers, did you ever consider writing your own book with all this information? Because I'm sure you have such a vast wealth of information of characters, storyline, scenes and stuff like that did you ever consider writing your own story so i have already written a book of my own which is not it's a non-fiction book i have and i have a couple of more of those kind of cooking there will be a new one this year and possibly in the years to come there will be more of those up until a year and a half two years ago i would say there's no way i would ever want to or could write a fiction story but i'm well maybe 
Let's put it that way. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not as anti that thought as I was um, several years ago, where it was just because I thought I couldn't, and I'm starting to realize that that's not a very good. Um, that's not true, actually. I guess it's a good thing we have this interview now, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. And what would you say? You've talked about this a lot, but just to re. Bring it back to life. What would you say is the best part about reading books on a personal and an emotional level? So I think this aspect of, of kind of being able to time travel and, and travel in, in making me live lives that I cannot physically live because I can only physically live the life that I'm living. So that's one of the aspects of it that that really is the best thing about it for me but it's also a companion that's always there i'm never alone if i have a book with me i don't really feel alone that much anyway but having a book to read it's like there's there's always somebody i can start to be in relation with because that's the way i i feel about books i am in re I'm relating to them when I start to read them. So it's, it's, it's companionship too. I feel like books are like a warm blanket. It just covers you up and keeps you warm and feels good. So with that train of thought, do you have a preferred place or let's say time of day, maybe like it's a rainy day and you love to read books by the window with a, dr a warm drink, with a warm blanket and a warm book? I can read anywhere. Let's put it that way. I read when I go to bed, I read. When I wake up, I stay in bed and I read. I can curl up in a corner in the sofa and read. I can plunk myself down in the easy chair and read. I can sit outside in the garden and read. I can bring a book with me, sit out in, in the a recreational area or on the beach or something. So I will read anywhere. I read on planes and trains and I prefer if I don't have to drive so that I can read. You know, it's like I I read. Yeah, don't don't read and drive kids. That's that's well, kitchen Precisely. driving. Precisely. <laughs> it makes it sound like I should challenge you. I'm like, okay, why don't you read while skydiving? No, it's probably not the best thing, but I love how you can adapt yourself to any situation just to enjoy what you truly love, which is fantastic. And uh, what was your biggest challenge when you first started reading books? Now, I don't necessarily mean when you were a child, because when you were a child reading books could have been a little harder with words. But let's say when you got a little older, what was the biggest challenge? Was it, was it time? Was it uh, finding the right book or anything else? I don't really think that I have one of these challenge uh, aspects. I have had, there's been one year in my, in my life when I didn't read. And that was when I, the first year that I was together with my second husband, we're divorced now, but we were talking so much that there just wasn't room for more. But that, it, at the same time, I wouldn't say that that was a challenge. It was, to, you know, that was just the way it was at that time. Uh, so I, I find time to read and I have always found time to read. I discovered when I was on parental leave with my second child that you can only borrow 50 books from the local library here. So when 
because it was like I needed more books because I had books for the kids too. But then I discovered that if you go and talk to the librarian, you can borrow up to a hundred books, <laughs> uh, which I did. You know, so so it's like I have always I have not not prioritized reading. Okay, well, I feel like that's a challenge in self. A hundred books. How did you, oh, is it not all at once? I would imagine. I was just thinking all at once, a hundred books. I'd say that's a workout in itself to just carry that back home. Yes, which, you know, which is good. I yeah. need that workout too, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Okay, so that was your challenge. Well, I say obstacle, let's say not a big one, but just a little obstacle. But what would you say is a challenge you have now? Is it time still or not still, but is it time still library or anything else? Well, no, it's, it's like I don't I don't work that way. I don't perceive it. You know, it's like I I my my guesstimate is that I've read, I don't know, somewhere along the lines of 3,500 books in my life so far. So I find the time, I make the time to read, and I'm good at that. I don't feel, oh, I have to read this book and this book and this book. It is more, I want to read this book and this book and this book. And I do really, really love, I think it was Umberto Eco who speaks about the anti-library. And that is a concept that just perfectly matches me because it means that he says, the, the point to books is that it is this gigantic library of things you have yet to read. And that is the best thing ever. Because if there wasn't this endless amount of books that you could read, then it would be like a finite game. And it isn't a finite game. There's always more books to read. But I don't feel that in a stressed way or that I, you know, it's not a pressure on me. It's a potential for me. It's like diving into the ocean. It's like, wow, there's so many waves around. Which one will I play with? Well, the one that's next to me, that's the one I play with right now. And I don't begrudge other people their waves. You know, it's like, I'm just playing and having fun in this endless ocean of, of books that are out there for for me to read you know what i love i love how you're explaining this it sounds like you've pulled so much inspiration from all these books to create these very vivid and lovely details i was trying to find an example like i don't i don't know uh, like a grain of sand but the waves is perfect because you enjoy waves and you just ride them and everybody can enjoy their own wave and you can share waves yeah. as well I, yeah. I, i'm really enjoying this <laughs> So uh, I know I'm bringing down the mood with this question and you might say you don't have any, but I have to, I'll have to ask because some people might have some. So what would you say is the most stressful part about reading books? Is it probably you lose a book or a page rips or um, just the different types of style of the books or it's too big, it's too small, it's too heavy, anything at all that might be like, ah, oh, just it's a little stressful to flip the page. <laughs> I would say it's more. So when I up until maybe 10 years ago, I was very harsh with myself, which for me translated into if I had started to read a book, I had to finish it. I'm reading a book that I don't like, don't enjoy, 
that puts pressure on me. That is a stressor for sure. But I've stopped doing that. So I don't do that. And thank God, because it's like, if if I don't want to read this book, why on earth should I make myself read it? But there is also, I, I remember reading Elena Ferrante. I don't know what the name is in, in English. My fabulous friend or something is a direct translation from the from the Swedish title Min Fantastiska Venina. It's a series of books that were really, 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 really popular a couple of years ago. Everybody was reading them and they translated into a gazillion languages and stuff. I picked up that first one and I did not like it. I don't like the feeling I get in me. I don't like the way it's written. I don't like the language of it. The way the characters are portrayed, it it drives a wedge between me and them. So this is a book where I don't feel like I'm the protagonist because I don't get close enough. The author doesn't let me get close enough so that I can step into her. And that can give me the sense of, of not necessarily stress, but it's like there's a slight discomfort there. And that book, I wanted to finish that one. That was my choice. And I did finish it, but I didn't really enjoy it. Let's put it that way. Well, I'm, so, I'm sorry you had that experience with that book. Uh, hopefully you don't have that experience with any, any other book in the future. And I know I'm still on the same topic of dark and mischievous or just not as pleasant, but it is a very important question I love to ask because it actually clears up the air for a lot of people listening. What are some misconceptions about people who read books? There's a few. I mean, back in the days, it might have been more that you were a dork or you were a nerd or you were, you know, it's just the, the studious people who read books. I think that that is shifting. I think one of the misconceptions today might not be so much about people who read books, but more be about not being able to read books. People think that it's hard to read a book. And it's like, no, it's not. But if you let yourself be invited into a book, drawn into it, it is a friend. You know, it is a lovely experience to have. I don't know that there is a, a one universal misconception that I can point my finger to. I, I love to read and I love to read a lot. And I have the type of memory so I can remember quite a lot of what I read. I, you know, I remember a lot of what I take in, whether it be podcasts or books or conversations or movies or whatever. So for me, I do enjoy the ability that that gives me to make connections to connect dots and link it perhaps the one misconception is that it's only for smart people it's like no it's not reading books is for everybody and it is a good way to get a grasp of 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 people to understand people to get more words in your vocabulary to like I say, to travel the world, even if you don't have the possibility or ability to travel the world, you can do it through books. And it's also important to remember that it's not at all the same levels. People can read at more, I say, more complex or, or levels, but more detailed stories. And some people might enjoy simpler stories. Everybody yeah. just enjoys whatever they please. And we shouldn't judge people on their preferences on what they love to read. No. 
Definitely not. And do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in starting to read more or where they can find resources or library versus buying anything to help somebody getting into more reading? I would say Goodreads has been a godsend for me. I have friends on Goodreads and whenever a friend of mine you know, starts to read a book and logs it there or finds a book that they want to read and log it there, I find loads of new books. So that's a way to get new books in my field of vision that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise. So Goodreads, I really enjoy. And then Better World Books is a great place to buy books because you buy them used. You can buy new books there too, but used books that are then given a new life at my place. And for every book that I buy, they donate a book to somebody who needs a book. So it's a way to make me feel like I'm actually doing a good thing. But if you if you don't have any clue what you want to read, I would say go to your local library and speak to the librarians because they know they are so good at helping people find something that they will actually like reading. Now, I don't know if your area has this, but in my old neighborhood, there was a few little posts where there's a box and people would just put books in there so other people can come and share. And it's like one of those take a book, leave a book kind of mechanism. And I was just wondering, did you ever encounter one of those? And if so, did you ever pick up a book or leave a book? Oh, yeah. Nice. On both of those. I love them. <laughs> I love those little local libraries. I have picked up books, I have dropped off books, I have recommended books, I've given them to others who have been in the neighborhood. So, and I actually have one of those boxes in my hallway. I have a, a little bookshelf and it says, please pick a book and, and take it with you. So I put the books that I have bought or gotten that I've read or, or haven't read, but that I don't want to keep. I, I put them there. So a lot of people have come to me and come away with books. Yeah, I would imagine you would not be putting library books in there. <laughs> the library books go back to the library yeah. because that's where they belong, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And so we talked about this at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Yeah. Go to my website, tankisbian.com. There you can actually also find my book, which is called Doing Gentle with an Edge. So, and it's available both as an audiobook and as an ebook, not as a physical book, actually. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, which has my mom say, I'll wait until you have it as a physical book Ooh. because I only want to read it like that. So it's like, okay. You just make one copy for her. <laughs> yeah, precisely. I should do that. I haven't come around to that yet, but I probably will at some time. It's a birthday gift idea. <laughs> it is. Well, that's perfect. I'll put all that down below so people can go check that out and of course show you some love. And now for the last question. Do you have any questions for me about reading books? Do you read books? Because it sounds from from your question, it sounds as if you read books. But I don't know if that's just because you <laughs> make out to be this perfect host. <laughs> so if I'm going to be completely honest, I haven't read a book in many years. And I, but for me, books are they usually when I was younger, they were more intimidating 
uh, because I have dyslexia and I speak two languages and having dyslexia with two languages is not the easiest thing. And I do try to encourage myself to read more. But I've nowadays I'm more on the creative side. So I, I prefer being a writer rather than a uh, reader, but I love reading as well. So like I used to write poetry and stuff like that. And now I'm writing <clears throat> these questions. I'm writing rules for a board game I'm making. I like creating storylines and stuff like that. And I want to get back into reading more. And like you said, it's it's kind of like jump rope. You have to find the right book to jump in or you're just hesitating and waiting. So I still have to wait to see. I do enjoy reading manga, which is Japanese animation in the sense. But that's what pictures and panels. I love those stories. I've been reading that for many years. But books themselves. Yeah, I, I guess I'm waiting to find the right one and trying to figure out what is my style that I want to get into. <laughs> Hopefully that answers your question. But if I was deceitful and made you think I read a lot of books, then I have done my job as a host. <laughs> you have for sure. And and I think this is a this is perhaps one of the things that I would just want to put out there is like I read a lot of books, but I'm not, you know, I I think that reading is one way to expand your mind. But I don't care if you read manga or if you read the news or if you read 15 blogs, um, you know, read, I would say, you know, some people read research articles, go ahead, you know, read whatever floats your boat. But but there's something to reading that makes your brain, you know, expand and grow in a good way. So perhaps that's. That's something that I want to want to leave listeners with the fact that you don't have to read an actual book. You can read so much other things, too. And there's a lot of other things that are really worth reading. Well, in that case, I guess I do read because I do read a lot of manga. And I don't know if you've experienced this. So sometimes I like reading the manga story and then I watch the anime. And sometimes I'm disappointed by the anime. I'm like, oh, it's, I preferred the manga. It was just better done. And so I'm sure when you read a book and if it was made into a movie, how do you usually interpret it? Do you say, OK, I'd like to watch this version of the book into a movie or I just want to stick with the book? That really, really depends, you know, because I've read a book that I've loved, watched the movie and hated it. I have done the opposite. I've watched a movie that's made out of a book love the movie hated the book hmm. you know so so i'm i'm it it it's not necessarily i'm not one of those who say the book is always better um i really like outlander uh which is based on a series of books by whatever her name is and that one is also a series uh, diana gabaldon is her name and the series are great. I love the series and I love the books and they are similar enough so that you kind of know that it is part of the same stuff, but they have their own unique traits. So I don't compare the books to the story, to the series, because it's like it is it's, it's inspired by the series more than or by the books, more than done at this, you know like the books. And perhaps that's what I I like. I like when they do that because then they each two 
they're each kind of has their own character there, the, their own soul. But I, I actually watched um, an anime series just finishing the other day, Run with the Wind, because I was asking my my um, my seventeen year old, uh, you know, and he's like, well, he prefers manga and, and anime. I was like, well, what what do you want to? you know, what's a good one. So he told me run with the wind and, and I discovered crunchyroll.com, mm-hmm. which I'd never <laughs> been on. So I, I watched, you know, 19 episodes or 23 episodes of that. And I really kind of enjoyed it. And it was like, I can, I can understand the pull for that too. So there's, you know, every medium has its own charm and every entity on that medium has its own charm or not. Because like I say, Elana Ferrante, no, thank you. Not my <laughs> cup of tea at all. You don't need to drink that cup of tea. Absolutely not. No. And this actually leads me to, I say it was my last question, but you trigger my curiosity and this is what I love. So there are certain books that turn into video games. So for example, The Witcher was a book and it turned into a video game and that way it's a way for people to play as the protagonist or one of the characters from the book now is that something that interests you or something that once again you may maybe not interest you not your cup of tea well so i'm i'm not i would say i stopped being a gamer you know i i i i did sims and i don't know what in the you know in the 1990s. Uh, so for 10 years there, I played games. After that, I really haven't gone into games at all. But I think it's perfect because it's another way where, you know, I know there's that Tom Clancy book that they made into a game as well, right? It's mm-hmm. like Splinter Cell, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's one way where you get people who who become interested in something. And then a few of them might pick up that book, right? And a few of them might come from the book thinking, I really love the book. I'll go check out this game, even though I'm not normally a gamer. So he's like, I like that. I like how how things can help us, you know, invite us into having another type of experience. I love that. Yeah, they're all interconnected within the same universe. So you can have a board game based on it. You can have a video game. You can have a movie. You can have a book. You can have, I'm trying to figure out, music, a musical even about it. You can have anything at all. (laughs) Uh, that's, That's what I love. I love the connection of everything together. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Helena, for just coming on and sharing your passion for reading books. I really did enjoy it. I love the elegant words you use to describe everything. I'm still hooked on the waves. I feel like I'm on a wave right now with just listening to you. (laughs) But I really did enjoy it. And if you guys want to show some more support to Helena, go check her out. I'll put all the links down below in the show notes so you can just check it out and show some love. If you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to show some more support, it's completely optional. I have a Patreon with some interesting tiers. I also have merchandise on Redbubble and Yeah, you can find my podcast anywhere. And I'm also working on a board game about podcasting, but that's in the future. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, uh, it'll be out, but we're still working on it. But either way, in the meantime, what you do have to do is go show Helena some love. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.